You Do, a podcast where we talk to different people in different jobs to find out other ways there are to make money. My name is Jen. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined with Joyce. Hi, I'm Joyce. That's Joyce. I'm Joyce. And we're here to just chat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as always. What's new with you? Uh, not much. Um, I'm kind of sad. My, I was talking to my friend, and she was like, "Oh, today's my last like Friday for the summer before like going back to." Um, she's a school nurse, and mm. um, and I was like, "Oh, it, like, are you sad that summer's like wrapping up?" And she's like, "No, I like can't wait for the cozy season, but I like don't want summer to end. I'm such a summer person now. I used to be so anti-summer, but now I'm like." all about summer. What season are you? Well, I I can appreciate the cozy season comment, but we live in California. So yeah. I feel that we're – we opt out of that. We don't get as but much I, of the cozy season, you're saying? Well, I used to live in Chicago and yeah, that was exactly. cozy season. She like, actually lives outside in. of Chicago too. See, that's what I'm saying. Outside of Chicago, cozy season is incredible. It's mm. very quaint, and mm-hmm. I do miss that, so I, I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. if she's in Chicago, those summers are so humid and gross and sticky, <laughs> so I think that there's probably also an element of that to it as well. Yeah, yeah. She was talking about how there's, like, thunderstorms going on right now, too, and I'm like, oh. 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 <laughs> I miss thunderstorms so much. We we have a porch where we live, and I there's a – a couch out there and I just I think about how nice it would be to sit out there with a book with a thunderstorm I can see that but the I best can I can that. maybe hope for is like a fire or something in the distance in California that's oh my gosh no <laughs> that's what happens here that in an earthquake earthquakes yeah we don't earthquakes yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to share a devastating moment that happened, Uh-oh. I want to say two days ago. Uh-oh, okay. But low-key low key devastating. Okay. Not like my life was ruined and this is going to be a serious admission of something. So Taylor Swift's tour yes. was wrapping up in LA this past mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And I didn't originally get tickets because I thought I wasn't a big enough fan and I didn't want to take up a spot. Since then – I am kind of an obsessed fan and I was – I've been hounding StubHub to look for tickets and the best I could do was like $800 for restricted view. Uh-huh. And you were paying at least $1,200 just to have a clear line of sight. And I will say that I know most of the tickets, you know, you still have a good time. So I had heard that sometimes Ticketmaster drops tickets – right before the show. Mm-hmm. And it was Wednesday. It was her last night. I was at a co-working space. It was 5.30. Show starts at 6.30. And I just think, you know, I'm feeling goofy. You know, mm-hmm. let's just go look at what's going on at Ticketmaster. Refresh the screen. A hundred floor seats for $300 each. Oh, my god! And I lose my mind. And so I'm calling my husband and being like, I, I'm going to SoFi. I, I, you know, like I, I'm buying these. I'm not even logged into Ticketmaster. And I'm delusional because I take five minutes to check yeah. out and they are yeah. gone. Of course. So then yeah. I realize my mistake and think, okay, I'm just going to keep refreshing. Maybe these come back. 
five more times, tickets drop. And I got it to under a 30-second checkout, and not once did I get the tickets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and so then those like $1,300 tickets started looking really nice because I was like, <laughs> well, now I like I want to go. And, and then I found like a TikTok live of the whole show that night. I'm just sitting in my bed oh, like watching man. it. And so I'm, I'm trying to maybe plan for uh, – a Europe, uh, Europe, Taylor concert. Wow! Because those are on sale for next summer, and wow. you know how I like to go to London. So right, right, right. I'm, I'm still kind of like how, you, you became a Swifty in like a matter of what weeks, months? Like it sounds fast. Well, no, I so okay. I think I was a Swifty before because. Uh, last year's wrap up said that I was in the top five percent of That's people right. who listen to Taylor Swift. I remember this, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I listened to only a couple of songs, and I expanded out to what uh, albums, the other albums that she has, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. when I realized, oh, I like her whole discography, mm. and yeah. So mm. interesting, interesting. And you know what? I, wonder- I will say, uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I, okay. oh yeah. No, no, go for, go? It, go for it. No, I was just gonna say I like. No, because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue. Exactly, that's what I was gonna do too. So you go first. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. 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 So I'm thinking that one of the reasons that I was particularly invested in the show was because of the social media presence that uh-huh. the Eras tour had. Yes. And yes. the impact that social media had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the way I viewed this tour. So without further ado, I think that's a good enough segue to introduce our guest today, Andy. Woo! Woo! Hi, guys. Yay! Did you like our segue? Beautiful segue. (laughs) I I feel like being tied to Taylor Swift in any way could could never be a bad thing. So (laughs) I think you're allowed to put that on your resume now that we said it officially on a podcast. You're like something that Taylor Swift is good at. I think that's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Andy, how about you introduce uh, what is your official role and what do you do? Yeah. So. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm the VP of digital at the Pittsburgh Penguins, the NHL team. Um, So I oversee our digital department, which is made up of big group of content producers, designers, video producers, uh, web developer, um, and social media managers. So um, I over, yeah, lots going on. Yeah. Um, and growing, it feels like every year, which is what's so exciting about digital and also maybe stressful sometimes. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like app, web, text, social, that's kind of anything everything that touches the fans in a digital landscape. <laughs> yeah. That's such a wide it, Yeah. In a world where like, yeah, because everything's digital now. So that's like everything. You know, all you're doing is not sending the paper like flyers to their house. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to jump around quite a bit in terms of timeline with what you do, but I, just off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind is working in the digital space. That must be shifting so frequently all the time, just like given that Twitter has changed to X and the the updates to TikTok or like TikTok becoming so prevalent. I just want to ask 
what your experience has been like or how long have you been in the digital space and what have you like how have you adapted to how it seems to continuously change almost every month Mm -hmm. yeah it feels like there's been a lot of change recently but um it's very common that things are changing in digital and new platforms are becoming more prevalent or new trends are happening i think if you look at tiktok they're kind of making their whole platform based on trends and things that are kind of happening new every day. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's been a lot of change. I started with the Penguins uh, in January of 2014. So um, obviously a lot on digital social has changed since then. Yeah. Um, Back then, Instagram stories didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, I started our Snapchat account. Ooh, wow. um, We didn't have YouTube channel. So, um, and then obviously lately with ever, all the changes with um, Facebook, Instagram, Meta, like Twitter mm-hmm. becoming X and all, the, I think for a while, live streaming kind of became available on every platform and we were trying to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. Um, but it's been, it's been exciting. I think that's just part of working in digital as new things are always coming up um, and just figuring out the best way for, for your brand or team in my case to, to utilize all those opportunities. Wow. So st- taking a step back, like you kind of mentioned that um, you joined back in 2014, um, but curious about how you, like your career path to this role. Um, like, were you doing digital focused social media kind of um, work before something else? Like, did you transition into this role from a different career? Curious how, like, how you got started? Yeah. So um, I went to college, and I didn't think that social media was like a career path when mm. I was when I was doing that. So mm-hmm. um, I studied government and politics, and. Oh leadership yeah Mm -hmm. at university of maryland and then i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do i thought i might want to go to law school Mm -hmm. and i ended up going to a grad school fair and talking to a bunch of people and i met some current students who were in a grad school program for sports industry management Mm -hmm. and yeah and so i spoke to them and they seemed like we had a lot of similar interests and they were telling me what they were doing in the program and the program had classes in sports legal, but also communications and marketing. And it just seemed like the right thing. So I did more research. I went and met with the Dean and I ended up applying and I went to grad school at Georgetown for sports industry management, Hmm. um, where I was on a track that focused on new media communication and strategic Hmm. marketing. So when I graduated, um, I had had a couple internships and I knew I wanted to work in social media. Hmm. Um, I ended up working in an ad agency for a little while, um, hoping that I could work for a team eventually. And then pretty soon after that, an opening came up with the the Penguins um, and I've been there ever since. Wow. So are you an athlete as well? Like, like, did you always have a passion for sports, like, like even as a hobby or was that just kind of like... Um, uh, serendipitous to have talked to these people um, and these students in that program? I've always been a sports fan. You know, I grew up watching sports in my house. My dad mm-hmm. is Canadian, so um, hockey well, was always on. Hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think, um, you know, 
for me, a lot of, I was always interested in hockey, but I love the community around sports rather than Mm -hmm. like playing sports myself, I think. Mm -hmm. So how passionate people are about it and how it brings people together. Like I know we were talking about Taylor Swift and that kind of feels similar in a way. Yeah. 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 Well, so that, that element of feel the feeling of being in a team sport and you are an entity of that sport of that, uh, I guess, franchise do you feel that in the role that you're in, does it still f- have that patina of a team sport in the different departments that are within that sports franchise? Yeah, I think so. I mean, all the people that I work with are like really passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. And I think we feed off the energy of of the fans and each other and mm-hmm. – um, we're all kind of working for the same goal. I don't think that a team wins on and off the ice without kind of having all of those groups working together. Because mm-hmm. if we don't have fans in the building, you know, the players aren't going to be maybe performing as well. You say you hear about like Homa's advantage and, mm. um, you know, I think we're all kind of contributing to the fans being avid fans and um, hopefully helping the team as much as they can, um, whether it's a ticket seller or somebody selling um, a partnership in order to pay a contract for a player or mm-hmm. a social media um, strategy to find new fans for the team. Mm-hmm. On that note, I'm curious, what kind of metrics and KPIs are your departments responsible for? And Because you were mentioning like ticket sales or I'm, a, uh, I'm assuming probably to follower count, but can you talk a little bit more about the measurements of your department and how you go? Because you, as a VP, you're on the strategy side, I imagine, with all of these things. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you approach that. Yeah. So I think a lot of the requests that we take in on the digital side are internal requests. So mm. um, trying to help out other departments, whether it's communications to get news out there so that everyone knows what's going on with the team, Hmm. or maybe um, ticketing needs to sell student rush tickets to a game or 12 packs, you know, whatever they're trying to do at the time. And they're looking for a marketing push. So in that instance, you know, the KPI is selling tickets or Hmm. it's reaching the most people or a targeted group of the right people um, in order to sell. Um, or, or just, um, for partnerships, a lot of the time we're helping get those sponsorships kind of finalized. So if, yeah, yeah, if a sponsor comes and and is kind of in a pitch and they're getting in ice signage and maybe they're getting dasher boards or, um, maybe a suite for a game, they might also be interested in getting digital with the penguins. So what makes the most sense there for them and how do we work together to do something that's good for the team and then good for the partner. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's whatever their KPI is, you know, if they want to collect email addresses, if they want to grow their Instagram following, you know, we're trying to help them out with whatever they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then just making sure that it works also for the penguins as a brand and is mutually beneficial relationship. Hmm. Um, Hmm. But then I guess also, I mean, we have a lot of goals. I, I could probably go on all <laughs> yeah. day depending on, on what, yeah, what, what things are going on. But um, 
data collection is a big one lately. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do we get more information about our fans and what things they care about? You know, who's their favorite opponent to watch? What's their favorite Mm -hmm. thing to eat at a game? And um, who's their favorite player? And then being able to use that information later for targeting um, and and giving them the best deals that they would be interested in. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of lot of different goals, and then obviously always just engaging the fans and keeping them avid and making sure that you know they feel passionate about our team and our content is always baseline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, so I know very little about, um, what it's like to work for a sports team. Um, the only kind of like mental structure that I have or like, um, Oh, like in my experience is like a more of a corporate team. And it sounds like that it's, it's very, very similar in the sense that there are like probably similar departments with similar relationships and like cross-functional collaboration um, needs and um, being all under the same roof of this is our, our shared goal, right? Um, but I guess like if to to myself and to others who have never experienced working under a team or working as a part of a team, um, how would you describe like that experience as different from maybe a corporate experience or um, uh, any anything other than that? Like you had mentioned earlier that um, you knew that you wanted to work for a team and uh, would love to hear more about why that was. Yeah. Um, well, I guess similarly, like, I don't know, I don't have that much experience not working for a team. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I could tell you a little bit about, um, I worked in an ad agency for a little while right. um, before I was at the Penguins and, you know, things were fast paced there just like they are in hockey, but when it comes to um, approval process and, you know, the cross-functional teams, I think, are, are common in both places. But mm-hmm. um, an approval at an agency takes so much longer. Hmm. Um, you know, the creative process is kind of like you're, you're meeting with the account rep and you're meeting with the PR person and the social media director and the creative team and you're all coming together and making a plan for maybe like a month and then sending that to your sponsor your partner and then they're going to legal and then it's coming back and then you know it's just it's just a very long process is what I've noticed um Mm -hmm. just based on my my limited uh work outside of sports and (laughs) in in sports that's just not a, a an option Mm. Um, things are changing all the time. We're like always on this roller coaster of like now is a great time to post. Our fans are happy, and then mm. maybe two days later they're in a really bad place. Mm-hmm. So, and plus um, you have off seasons too. Yeah, right. So there, there's a lot of things that are like fast paced, and we're kind of coming up with ideas on the fly. I think it's part of why social social media. You see, sports teams are usually um, the first ones to try out a new platform. Just because yeah. there's not uh-huh. quite as much like approval and they're ready to kind of try something new and see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I, I'm not really sure how it's different. Like I'm happy to – that might be an interesting to t- thing to talk through because it's definitely yeah. cross-functional teams. Yeah. Um, but it feels like it's – a like a lot. And there's never – I mean I'm sure a ton of jobs are not nine to five, but like yeah. inherently – 
sports are never nine to five. (laughs) Well, yeah, my cousin does something similar. And one of the things that I noticed about her schedule was that she had to travel with the team. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that uh, eventually that gets phased out. I don't know if that's something that you do, but early on with the team and doing the social media for them, there was, you know, a requirement to be there. And that feels, I, I mean, I don't know, in your opinion, like that, that felt like a huge thing when I would, when I would talk to her, I'm like, that's your whole life is basically based around this schedule for a period of time. Yeah. I mean, there's times where it's not even be there, but it's just like still be working or be covering right. and yeah. being yeah. a team on the East Coast. You know, we play on the West Coast and we'll be playing at 10 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. So um, for those games, you know, we're working the full work day, going home, like eating dinner, trying to take a nap and then waking up and starting our game coverage maybe at like 10 p.m. Jeez. going until maybe 3 a.m. Um, and then, you know, kind of, kind of like going back at it maybe the next day. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So sometimes there's travel, sometimes there's just coverage wherever we are. Yeah. Um, You have to be, is it, do you guys call it Xing now or do you still call it tweeting? Oh, I still call it tweeting. Did, (laughs) did, did Elon say it's called Xing? I don't know. Everyone's trying to figure it out right now. No one knows what to do. The world's upside down. Yeah, everyone's still calling it Twitter or like Twitterverse or like tweeting. Yeah. Like that's from Well, I did my – I did all my weekly reports today and I've just been writing like Twitter slash X on everything. Mm -hmm. Like Twitter slash TBD. This might not exist (laughs) in two weeks. The social media platform formerly known as Twitter. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's good. That I mean, he should do that. I mean, not to go too, to totally off uh, topic, but do you feel like Twitter's going to be around in the next couple of months, or do you think that everyone thinking that it's going to go away is overblowing it? I think it's definitely going to be around. I mean, I think there are definitely some frustrating things that have happened with with yeah. recent changes. As like as a social manager, yeah. as somebody that's in platform every day, I think there. Are, things you notice that are things just kind of disappear that used to exist and they aren't the things that you probably see on the front end, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Like, is it still a major part of your strategy? Like, do you, do you still focus a lot of energy and effort on that as like a major social media platform or do you feel like you're kind of pulling away a little bit more in strategy? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's still big for us because anything where where our fans are is exactly, going to be yeah. big for us. So um, I think when everyone started signing up for Threads, you know, we built our right. Threads account and we mm-hmm. have a decent following there now too. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to just the build out of X slash Twitter, <laughs> whatever you'd like to call it, um, you know, we can see more data there. We can post um, Mm -hmm. natively from from computer, which makes it so much easier. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I can't see impressions on threads posts right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if there's there's just not a lot like there when it comes to just build out. And I'm sure it will come. Mm -hmm. But it's also we're seeing a little bit of a decline since it launched. I think everyone was really excited that there was something that yeah. could kind of compete. Right. And but people still think to go to their 
Twitter slash X feed yeah. <laughs> instead of going to threads when they're when they're looking for news. Zuckerberg right. was probably so stoked the first couple of days about oh threads. Like everyone for was sure. I, I saw the most amazing TikTok of this person that was impersonating him saying, uh, like, they're liking it. They're liking oh it, gosh. like kicking their feet. And I was like, Ugh. oh, Zucky. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, he's gotten really confident about like like uh, facing off with Elon in a – Well, in literally, a, they're going to have a fight apparently. I know. I know. Have you heard about this, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like it's like – it's it's just it feels like stressful. Like I feel like I have like low key anxiety about their beef. Like this is like where I make my living, and like I just don't know That's that so I true. feel like comfortable that like these giant corporations that feel like my job so much of my day is on these platforms, and they're just like <laughs> it's so casual. It's so weird. Yeah, well, th- this is blowing I, that perspective totally just blew my mind because that's so true. They're they're playing games when this is you're going to have your whole job, the, your strategy could totally pivot because they decide to do a brawl and it somehow affects the platforms that they are CEOs of. Yeah. I mean that's, totally that's like so. Elon could just decide to shut down X tomorrow and like you know then we'd have to think about, okay, well, how many different sponsors are sold content on this platform over the course of the year? And how do we move them off that and onto something else that has equivalent value? Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. You know, I think- saying that, I can feel the anxiety. It's just, well, it's like, I feel like the word make good over the course of the pandemic was like the scariest thing. We had all these fans who weren't able to come to our games and so many people were looking to us for make goods because ticketing couldn't help and mm, nobody wanted goods? to, you know, there was no, oh, mm. sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't mean to like open up Pandora's box, but what are yeah. make goods? No, I just like, you know, cupcake dog. I'm like, oh my God. Um, so Wait, what's I, cupcake dog? <laughs> it's all these <laughs> Cupcake dog is this meme that's like this dog stand, staring out into these like cupcakes and looks like like he's seen something terrible. Oh, um, I, okay, yes, I know what that is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, make goods. I guess it's just all these things are in contracts and they should always happen. Like, hey, your logo can be on the boards when we play. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone will see it and, or like you're, you know, maybe you have, like, we have a thing called IPTV, which is basically like ads on the TV in the arena. Mm-hmm. But if nobody's in the arena right. to see the IPTVs, then like all that money that a partner is spending either needs to go back to the partner or needs to get reallocated as a make good. Mm-hmm. And make when good. so many of those things can happen or be made good within the in-game space or the ticketing space, it all kind of came over to digital. I see. Uh, um, Because every – you can't shut down the internet. Right. (laughs) Well, someone's – Well, you never know, but – You never know. Never say never. (laughs) Yeah, never never say never. Give Elon five more years. He'll he'll figure out a way. I don't know. I shouldn't be so hard on the guy. He's doing his uh, best. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know. But wait, um, going back to what you were talking about with the schedule, 
I wanted to ask, like, the obvious question here is around, like, work-life balance, right? Like, you've been there since 2014. So clearly you figured it out enough to be able to sustain that, like, long of a career there. What is, like, what's the best way to kind of manage that kind of schedule, especially with, like, the East Coast, West Coast balance um, and, like, the traveling schedule as well? Yeah. Well, I guess the first thing is, the Penguins have really helped out by hiring more people as we have more work. And that's one of the reasons that I've been able to stay here so long. I look at some other teams and they don't invest in their in their digital departments despite kind of asking for more and more. So I feel really mm-hmm. lucky. Um, the, mm-hmm. You know, my boss vouches for me and I have a seat at the table and can kind of share what our department is doing and what we need. Um, and then when it comes to balance, um, our senior VP of communications, Jen, she always talks about it. We can't balance. We can juggle. <laughs> hmm. So it doesn't really ever that. balance out exactly, right, but right. you know, you just juggle as many things as you can. And sometimes things fall on the ground and sometimes you're, you're juggling for a while and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, having good people working with you and, not being afraid to, you know, give something away or um, to someone else and try and let everyone grow and making sure you're telling people when you need a break. Um, it's mm. been important. And my balance, I guess, is I, I take some trips on the road, but I don't take all of them. And we kind of rotate and do our best to, to spread out the work. Um, I get into the weeds a lot, which is something sometimes I think to myself I really need to get out of the weeds like why am I building these web pages on our site like this (laughs) this is like really like in the weeds but I then I think about how much I'm helping my team and what I'm showing them as you know a leader and what I expect from them is that we'll all kind of help each other out regardless of what our department has in front of us so yeah that's great and how big is the 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 full team not like your direct digital team but the the company yeah i guess Uh, yeah i'm i'm not sure probably maybe like 200 200 maybe that's a nice size yeah Yeah. to still have that team feel like a team teams within teams yeah it does i we've had a lot of people that are are new in the last few years so it's been it's been a an interesting um, time just trying to figure out you know who everybody is with all these new people coming in and you know hybrid work um, not being there every single day mm-hmm. um, but it's it's been uh, it's been good I, I think the, the team keeps getting bigger and bigger which is what we what we need so mm-hmm. um, yeah it, it feels small enough yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a question about so you're you're now in this VP role, but when you first started with the team, what was the role that you started as? I was a new media coordinator. A new media co- you got the coordinator that 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 as a title is always so interesting because I that that's typically like the entry level name for things, right? Yeah, at least for us, we we. Depending on department, it might be a little bit different. We have mm-hmm. some like assistants and some right. coordinators, and some people starting in as manager, depending on on their role. But um, 
Yeah, I was, I was straight. I mean, pretty much straight out of school. I think I worked maybe six months outside um, after grad school and before the Penguins. And uh, I was pretty much hired to just like run the social media accounts. And um, my department, my boss at the time um, was really handling a lot of our app um, responsibilities. And then the other person that reported to her was handling our website. Mm. So we were kind of like all doing our own thing in kind of coordination with each other. Um, But now it's just, it feels so different. (laughs) We could never have just one person running our social channels. Well, I mean, there's a dozen of them, but I, I'm curious too, because the experience that I've had with social media or new media coordinators at startups that I'm at and honestly just seeing what I see on like TikTok and social media is for an entry-level role, it does feel like the company gives the total reins for creation to who's ever running the social media account. So there's I mean, it seems like there's a, a fair amount of trial and error, see what sticks, but that's probably coming from the person, like the coordinator, which is kind of a lot of responsibility for someone just starting. So I, I guess one, I'm wondering, is my assessment of that anywhere close? And two, if I am, like what, I mean, that that just seems like a lot of responsibility. Can you talk a little bit about you know, that thought process of what it is that you try out with social media to see what actually works? Yeah. So definitely a lot of responsibility. Um, I think partially just because you're getting immediate feedback on your work, which is from like everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you spell something wrong and you know, you've made a mistake right away. (laughs) Um, Whereas, you know, many other jobs, you could kind of make a mistake, fix your mistake. It's no big deal. Um, That's not totally an an option. (laughs) Um, When you're working in social, you kind of have to either just like own it and move on, you know, or, um, you know. That's pretty much all you can do is you can just own it and move on. Yeah. Um, and so I think um, for me, when I was interviewing at the Penguins, uh, I think there were a lot of people that wanted to make sure I was the right person to mm. kind of speak for the brand in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so my interview process was pretty lengthy. I, I think I was there for like a whole day um, talking oh. to our writers, our VP of marketing, our chief revenue officer, our chief finance officer, our COO, um, our website designer. I mean, it was just like everyone, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It was everyone. So it's definitely important. I think a lot of teams are trying to do their best at that point to do their due diligence, to pick someone who could write and kind of had a pulse on like what was and was not okay Mm -hmm. um but there's also you know guidelines to an extent of like what is our brand and how how is our brand communicated and I think that's really um you know a testament to our marketing department we know 
what we're trying to do from a branding standpoint. So we have brand pillars. So it's always easy to kind of go back and say, well, is this post showing energy or drive or innovation? And, um, you know, how, how do we make sure that we're kind of always fitting within that, that box, but then mm-hmm. making sure that we're seeing what's happening on social and finding ways to kind of have fun with it and iterate on within that brand guideline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also thinking about how, uh, how like, especially because of like the experiment, the live experimentation of it all, like being able to get that immediate feedback, but also kind of getting feedback around reach through like, you know, the, um, the changes in the algorithms, like how certain pieces of content get ranked in terms of getting to more people and things like that. Um, how, what, what, what has been your approach to kind of stay up to speed with those changes? Um, especially because like I'm under the impression that it does change quite frequently and, you know, there's a lot of people out there talking about like, Oh, like, uh, now you have to use five hashtags instead of 13 or like, you know, things, little like micro optimisms like that. Um, uh, or or, sorry, micro optimizations like that. Um, and so I'm curious, like, with your expertise and just kind of like all the years that you've been doing this, like what, what have you found to be like the best way of staying um, on top of those like changes in trends? Yeah. So I, I read a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try and read um, all the, the blogs directly from the platforms to see if they're sharing any best practices or mm-hmm. um, use cases or examples from brands that they think are doing a really great job. Um, I ask a lot of questions. Um, so if I see something that a, a brand is doing that I think is cool or I'm curious why they're adjusting their strategy, I'm not afraid to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of subscriptions to, you know, like Ad Age and Ad Week and mm-hmm. Sports Business Journal. And I try and kind of just read up on on how things are going and then obviously looking at our stats and data, right? There can be a million best practices, but not everything applies specifically to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, the Penguins might be different from the Blackhawks or the Sharks or any Mm -hmm. other team, depending on our markets and um, the history of our teams. Mm -hmm. So I think um, looking at those stats is always important and then how those kind of change over time. So, for a while, Facebook um, and Instagram are really telling us like videos being prioritized, like you need to post more reels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Then every video became a reel. So yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that became slightly irrelevant. But I, yeah. I think we mm-hmm. were seeing at that time that our photos were doing really well mm-hmm. and our graphics. And I... I don't, I mean, it's something I look at all the time of like, okay, well, like, should we be doing a carousel here? What's the value of like, if I have a photo and I have a video and they're basically similar content, mm-hmm. um, where should we go with one versus the other? And how much work um, is is both? And what? how can we get the best content out of the team? Or can we do more if we post a photo um, rather than a video? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times the photos do better. Hmm. So it's us. completely non sequitur, but I I ha I write fanfics 
and I have a pen name, so no one will ever know. But I have a TikTok account for my for what I write just to get more, you know, views. And I have been noticing that the carousel picture things that I've been doing are just blowing out of the water anything that I do that's video on TikTok. And it, I'm using mm. the same hashtags. It's so bizarre to me because it cha- I used to do – so, I mean, it's just crazy. You, you It doesn't feel like there's anywhere you could read this. You're just seeing it happen and mm. wondering and speculating and then doing it, – it's a little like science-y. You know, you have to try things and right, see how they do. Right, experimentation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think social is like a really interesting like right in the middle of like left brain right brain. Hmm. Like definitely mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. art, part science. So, mm, yeah. Um I think that's part of what I love about it is I can spend a whole day looking at our analytics and really getting into it with our business analytics team and talking about what we think makes sense and how we want to pivot. And then I could also spend a whole day like adjusting creative and talking with our creative team about how we want something to look, you know, for our, our website or our app, um, you know, and so it's, it's fun. It keeps things interesting. Yeah. Um, there's kind of always something to look at and then there's always more I can do for my job. I guess social is always just always going. So it's always I feel like I should too. So it, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like it can't get stale. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Keeps things mm-hmm. interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have to be on social yourself quite a bit to stay on the trends? Um, I think just like inherently I'm on social a lot just doing my job. So um, I feel like I see a lot when it comes to like what's going on with our fan base. But yeah, when it comes to like TikTok trends, I don't want to just scroll on the Penguins account because I don't want it to become things that I'm interested in. Right. (laughs) So, so, um, you know, when I go on there, I just want to like see other sports teams and stuff. So I usually just scroll in my own account and sometimes I see things that are, um, maybe things that we could capitalize on trends. Um, but my feed is so different from Mm -hmm. other people on my team. So, we pretty regularly discuss like, Hey, have you seen this trend? Like, Mm. is this something that's only popping up on my feed? Um, Because, you know, I'm interested in something specific or is this really like everyone is seeing this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And we'll try and try new things. Sometimes we've done trends that I've like never seen on my feed, but they've been on the feed of one of my employees and with TikTok, I feel like we never really know exactly what's going to perform. We're still yeah. trying things yeah. out all the time. That yeah. crazy platform <laughs> yeah, that I'm so addicted to. We're so addicted to it. <laughs> it's it's so addicting. I, I feel like you – I mean, every time I talk to my parents about TikTok, they're like, how does it just like give you things you actually want? I get on there and it's like nothing I care about. But then I send them the TikToks that I see that I know they'll like and they're like, this is so great. This is mm-hmm. so funny. And I feel mm-hmm. like I've just scrolled for so long that it knows so much about me that I can't yeah. get off. Yeah, exactly. I, I uninstalled it once and then reinstalled it. And it, or no, I cleared the data on uh, a bunch of stuff on my phone and it got rid of all of my preferences. And I thought, oh my God, this is actually great. Now I can release this from my life. But then I was like, well, I'll, I'll scroll a little bit more. And then it learns <laughs> so quickly and it's back to my stuff. And But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. 
Yeah. It's so funny because um, when I first got onto TikTok, um, it was around the time that I was like, uh, I don't I don't really want to be on Instagram anymore because like there was this weird habit that I formed where um, I'd pick up my phone like every few minutes and automatically open Instagram like without even realizing what happened. And it's not like, oh, I want to see something on Instagram. It just became like a habit. And I was like, okay, that's not healthy. I should stop that. TikTok seems better. <laughs> and then I, w- I went to TikTok and like the opposite happens where it's not like I pick up the phone every few minutes, but when you do pick it up and open the app, like you're on for hours. Like it's so crazy. So now I have like like a, one of those like time limits and stuff, but my goodness, like people can be so creative and so funny on that app that it's just it just it's hard to to get off of. Yeah, I mean, TikTok has said that their competitors aren't, you know, Meta and X. It's exactly it's TV. It's Netflix. It's TV. It's, it's yeah, like yeah. hanging out with friends mm-hmm. and um, going to a hockey game. So right. it's crazy. Like you really, it's just pure entertainment. Like you mm-hmm. watch TikTok instead of watching TV. So um, that's so true. Yeah, it's that's wild. So interesting. So then do you do so then as part of like digital like um are you also responsible for overseeing like um like like ads and stuff on um on whether it be like social media YouTube or like even TV? Yeah. Yep. So um Haley on my team is the um paid digital expert. Mm-hmm. So she's usually placing placing those ads. Usually when it comes to ticketing, I'll still do some when it comes to um, mm. partnership. Um, it's, yeah, because it's just different. But yeah, she's um, she's placing it all the time and working directly with Ticketmaster on on targeting those ads, getting it out uh, on Meta and Instagram and or well Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we're seeing like great returns on that stuff. And that's something that we've kind of pivoted a little bit. this just this year. She was just hired, mm-hmm. I think, uh, last year, last season. So um, we're putting a lot more of our, of our ad dollars to um, digital instead of um, just traditional advertising, which we've been wanting to do for a long time, but it really mm-hmm. requires time and expertise. And now we have that. So. I see. Yeah, that was going to be my question is just like, you know, talking about how like TikTok's competitors are not like the other social media platforms, but like our traditional kind of like um, entertainment sources. Right. And so um, was going to ask about how that reflects in that ad strategy. And it sounds like that that's also following suit in terms of trends that way. Right. Yeah, I mean it's, we haven't done a lot of, we haven't done much with TikTok ads, but it's Mm -hmm. been interesting, like trying different kinds of ads, um, on different platforms and like what works. We've done some Spotify ads and how those are kind of different from like a regular radio ad. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, I think TikTok's a huge opportunity when it comes to ads. We're, we're just now looking at setting up a TikTok shop kind of tied to the, the team in relation to our team store. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be huge opportunity there, like tagging certain items, right. um, you know, as the players wear them, being able mm-hmm. to kind of show where you could shop those um, mm-hmm. and putting them up on, on the shop. So I think um, not only just the ads, but like using all these platforms for every way they can monetize, yeah. whether it's putting pre-roll on a 
on a video on X or um, X, X <laughs> Twitter X. Um, yeah, so um, we just heard a presentation to a, a league business meetings about TikTok ads, and so now now I feel like we have to start trying them a little bit. It sounds yeah. like they have a lot of good things going on. I just started watching The Summer I Turned Pretty on Amazon Prime. And it's the first time that I've seen in-app, it will say what some of the characters are wearing and you can buy them. And it's you can buy the book that it's based off of. But I, you know, what you were just saying about buying the items that the players are wearing, it made me think of that and just how integrated it's all getting. It's getting so good. Like I've seen some cool, we were talking about some ads we saw on Hulu um, where, you know, you can like click in, you like, it gives you like two options of which ad to watch. And then you mm-hmm. can like go to a website by just like hitting enter on your remote. Mm-hmm. And like how cool, like, it's just, it's so much, it's almost like, you know, in Willy Wonka, how they could like reach into the TV and like grab the yes. candy bar. Yes. It feels like we're like one step away from that, you know, <laughs> like it's just you can like go and click it right into whatever you're looking for and, and make it a reality so easily. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a little scary. So, I wish no, I could it's, no, I'm just TV. I'm thinking about the the chocolate. I, I every time <laughs> I would watch that, I because that was the mic. I was obsessed with Willy Wonka. That was the Mike TV segment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the B- Violet Beauregard, she had the chewing gum and that yeah. tasted like all the different meals. We don't need to talk about this. But um, so <laughs> uh, in terms of, you know, someone that's listening to this and they're, they've been interested in going down the path of social media, what are some soft skills that you feel someone should have just kind of a natural propensity for or like interested in developing? And what are some more technical hard skills that you think someone should be aware of before getting into a career, maybe starting as like the new media coordinator, but and up into what you're doing today? Yeah. So soft skills, I would say empathy, big one. Um, there's a lot of fans that are needing help and, um, you know, not always the nicest when it comes to what yeah. they're saying to the team, but I feel like if you kind mm-hmm. of come at every comment with you start with empathy, like it's just gonna put you in a much better spot when it comes to building those relationships with the fans and not kind of getting down. I think working yeah. in social, one of the biggest things is protecting your mental wellness and you know, not letting whatever's happening on your kind of computer get to you. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, managing your emotions. So I guess like emotional intelligence is Mm. another one. Um, you know, Mm. not like spending hours worrying about fans being like upset at you or hating your content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause you know, it's a lot like you, I, there's so many studies about how bad social media is for, for your well-being and, and then go make it your career. Yeah. 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 Just like, don't read the comments or like, don't go on Twitter, like separate yourself. And that's just not really an option when this is is your job. So, 
Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that just because like, you yeah, know, with, with, um, like Sorry, the, what's it called? Oh. <laughs> Go away digital. Yeah. I know. I just um, said I'm all like always on. Now I watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like I was going to, I think it was like maybe a few years ago when, um, like the social dilemma came out, there was a lot of rhetoric around like the health consequences and kind of like the, the social impact, um, of social media that we hadn't foreseen as like, you know, um, as tech companies who are creating these products. Right. And, um, as someone who works in that space, like I know you mentioned that the, the mental, uh, wellness and like your ability to manage that, um, for yourself is very important, but also because it's your career, like you said too, um, like, what are your thoughts on like social media just at, like as like a as such a big concept now, such a like big social impact that it's had as well? Um, like I know that's a kind of like a big open ended question, but just curious about your thoughts on like like what what what's the good side that you see? What's the bad side that you see? What's like the hopeful like future um, that you see in terms of how it can continue to evolve in a more positive way. Yeah. Well, so it's kind of interesting. This morning I went to an event that was run by a, a local um, organization called Strong Women, Strong Girls. I think they're just in Pittsburgh and in Boston. Mm-hmm. But this woman spoke and she was saying, she quoted the CDC stat that said um, 57% of high school girls reported um, feeling like persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness yeah in, like the last year and I feel like that definitely has like a big impact like social yeah. media is definitely a big part of that mm-hmm. and I think and that's yeah. like a huge percentage like yeah. it was yeah. and they said it was up from 36 percent like 10 Jeez. years ago mm-hmm. so I think you know that's scary and I think that's why it's so important to talk about it and talk about like ways and to kind of regulate your emotions and find like healthy outlets and not get like too sucked into your phone. Hmm. So I think, um, I think that's like the bad part, but the fact that everyone's talking about it and knows that, and Mm -hmm. I think people are starting to kind of, you know, I think you, I don't remember which one of you said it, but something about like our, like putting a time limit on your, on your TikTok. That's Joyce. Mm-hmm. I don't have the <laughs> restraint. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't yeah. know. Sometimes that. I just cancel it. Sometimes it's like, oh, your time's up. And it's like, add 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I think there are things like that, you know, and, and trying to just making sure that, you know, it seems like, um, there's a lot of ways to kind of make it better. And I think there are also great things that come from social. Mm-hmm. So the community is that get built, the, you know, the, yeah, there's, I mean, it's so cool. Like we, the, just the whole idea that like, okay, you are like, you're on social just the same way your favorite celebrity or sports mm-hmm. figure is there. And you could have a conversation with them without ever even being in the same city or country or, or, I mean, really like you could be anywhere in the world and talk to someone, ask them a question. Um, and I think that's so cool on social media. It's just the community that gets built. There's, 
um, there was a fan that we, um, that we had reach out to us a few years back and he just tweeted like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sad. My wife, um, <laughs> dropped a bottle of wine on my like signed Sydney Crosby Jersey. And he like sent us this picture um. <laughs> of this Jersey just like covered in red wine and like <laughs> destroyed. And we ended up, um, like seeing that sending back, um, like a new sign, Sydney Crosby Jersey. That's great. And That's sweet. like, you know, it just, it's nice that like yeah. that can kind of happen and there's like an easy access point to your favorite brands or your favorite mm-hmm. people. And then mm-hmm. he responded back after we sent him the Jersey, but he was, a um, from like the Maritimes, like right where Sid's from. Mm-hmm. And he ended up sending back to the office, um, live lobsters which was like, yeah they like came in this big box and I was like what is this <laughs> and we ended up opening it up and these like lobsters were like crawling around in there um so it definitely stood out to us but I feel like that's like that's like the coolest part of Twitter is like you're yeah. just like connecting with people from all over and you're like building these relationships and um fandoms and I think there's like a lot of power in that. I think that maybe contributed. I don't know, Jen, this might have contributed to your Taylor Swift um, yeah. fandom growing, right? Like you see. I think so. You, I see everyone at the concerts yeah. and they're having that community yeah. and that like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's happening at the concerts for sure, but it's happening online so yeah. much. Like, I feel like I saw so many cities, like the different um, how many people were outside and what's going on at the shows yeah. and boats outside the co- the concert yeah. venue. And, mm-hmm. That was Cleveland, um, I think. Yeah, I think in Pittsburgh they had a few like that. It seemed like in Philly yeah. there were just so many people outside. I think in, yeah. maybe in Boston it was where it was raining like crazy. Nash, I think Nashville there was that pouring night of yeah. – and she oh, played till like it. midnight or something. Ugh, but yeah, yeah. it's cool. But you know, like all this stuff that's going on and then you're like part of this big community that's talking about something. And I think yeah. um, mm-hmm. it sucks you in. Though mm-hmm. so I am worried for you, for anyone that listens to this podcast, you're like, I'm going to get a Sydney Crosby jersey and I'm going to spill wine on it and do a fake signature and, and send it into you guys. I'm just yeah, kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't that's do that. Disclaimer. <laughs> it's a one-time deal folks. Um, so let's get into some lightning round questions. Let's do maybe two or three max each from Joyce and I. And these are just shorter questions. You know, hopefully we don't ask a Pandora's box question that is lightning round, but you're, you know, you have to answer it in a short, uh, short answer. But um, I can get started unless Joyce, do you have one off the top of your no, head? No, go for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Oh, wait, no. Okay. Now you're seeing me like trying to be organized. I wrote them down, but now I can't find them. Um, um, you were at the Penguins two years. I just looked this up when they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Do you have the rings? I do. Oh, <gasps> that's oh my so gosh. exciting. See them? Should I go get them? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Okay, hold, hold on. <laughs> Dang. Oh, my gosh. Wait, there's a a non-lightning round uh, story there for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, my cousin, like I – 
cousin who got us introduced has done a similar job to what Andy mm-hmm. does, and mm-hmm. she also received rings. So that's uh-huh, why I was curious. Uh-huh. I looked it up. And I was like, the Penguins, I think, have won recently, so, or at least uh-huh. since Andy. <gasps> Okay, I'm back. You're back with the rings? <gasps> no. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> I like never put them on. That feels actually really weird. But yeah, they're they're oh enormous. <laughs> yeah, the oh player ones are even bigger. These are the staff ones. Oh my so. goodness. I thought that was so cool when I heard that the whole staff gets the rings when a team. Yeah, yeah. it's like really cool. They put your name on them and everything. It's like class rings. Wow. Yeah. But blinged out. This is 16 and this is 17. Do you have oh a favorite? Gosh. I like the 17 one. I like that the penguin isn't black. I feel like it looks mm. more like mm-hmm. it's like you could actually wear it out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I hope I hope you wear them out. Yeah. I never, I never wear them out. If we if we ever win again, or when we win again, mm-hmm. I'll wear them to the parade. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you know? Um, also I want to just uh, Mark, this is the first show and tell I think we've ever had on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. breaking everything. new ground. Okay, Joyce, you go. Okay, yes. Um, so this is uh, one of my favorite questions to ask. So let's say that uh, like digital media just didn't exist, right? Um, and <laughs> I know your face. <laughs> if you weren't, if like let's say this this space didn't exist, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing instead? Oh, um, probably marketing still. I would probably yeah. still be something similar just because um, I feel like inherently it's the same kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Marketing for a like like a, a, a product or like a – Maybe still a sports team. Yeah. <laughs> I love what I do, so I don't know. Um, I mean, it's like, if you didn't do what you do, what would you do? I'm like, oh, I'd do the same thing. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. Just without, without I, TikTok. I don't know. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I'm a big reader. So like, I might, I don't know, maybe I'd be like a, maybe I'd own my own like little boutique bookshop or something. Ooh, oh, I love that. Cute. Yeah. I like I feel that. like that would be fun. That's awesome. Um, okay, if you're Jen. ever in California, if you're ever in LA, there's a, uh, there's a bookstore called The Ripped Bodice, and it just has romance books. Oh, that's cool. That's it's really hilarious. cute. Um, so my question is, what are other social media accounts that you're intrigued by right now? So there are a lot of accounts that I like and I like them for different reasons. Mm -hmm. I think some accounts have really great voice and some have really great graphics. And, um, I think the, the chargers generally do like a really good job on their social. They're Mm. just so engaging. Um, and I think, um, they have really great video series that, that I think they, they do. Um, I think, um, there are brands that like shouldn't be interesting that become interesting on social. And I always mm-hmm. find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Miriam Webster, I think oh. is one of the ones like that, where it just like, why is the dictionary like exciting on social? Yeah. But they find a way to kind of take what they have and make it really interesting. Um, Not to jump in, but just to piggyback on that public libraries 
have had really interesting social media uh, accounts. I think one of the biggest brands at the beginning of TikTok was the Washington Post. And when you think about like, okay, should the Washington Post be like really good on TikTok? No, they are. You wouldn't think of them, but but they were. Um, So I think... um, I think there's a lot of inspiration can be taken from a lot of different places when it comes to what you're, what you're looking for. But um, yeah, I think uh, we look in a lot of different places and Burger King for a while, we were looking at all of their social was doing some really cool stuff and engaging yeah. things. Um, so yeah. Nice. Joyce. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, so what's one thing about your job that gives you energy and what's one thing about your job that drains energy? Well, this week has been very exciting for the Pittsburgh Penguins when it comes to like what's been going on with the team. So I know this this show is going out in a few few weeks, but we just um, signed Eric Carlson and he he's one of the best, maybe the best defenseman in the league. He won the trophy last year for being the defense best defenseman in the league so wow um it's been wild the last couple days of just like being able to share that with fans and getting them to meet him for the first time and Mm. our whole team being able to produce content around that so michelle's our team writer she's writing all these awesome stories about him and we have our um in the like in the room tv show those guys are getting behind the scenes content being able to put all of that together and put that out. Um, and these like Jersey swaps and doing like the whole, like he's part of our team stuff now. Um, awesome. So I think that gives me energy is like when everything's kind of like going well and the fans are excited about something. Um, energy begets energy. Yes. Good energy all around. Yeah. And so um, that's been exciting lately. And then something that drains my energy. um, I think sometimes it's like there's just these big projects in the off season that are like so long term. And I feel like Mm. during the season we have these like short things and we have a game and we have something else going on and it's like, a lot going on at once. And then in the off season, sometimes we're doing these like big analytics projects or rebuilding uh-huh. of things on web. And uh-huh. I think the, the breadth of the project can sometimes feel um, a little draining, but it's so exciting when, when we get to like a milestone point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm- and that's such a different pace than getting that instant reaction to what you do the off season and on season that feels such like such a mind shift mm-hmm. that you're having to do every single year yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. um I actually don't have any other ones Joyce did you have any other ones no no that's uh that was my last one too so um I can segue us over to our final segment which is um around career advice so this is um we're gonna go around the group and share any career advice that um you were given that you have loved and appreciated and held on to or maybe just something that came up recently that you're like oh yeah like that's a great reminder and um have been kind of reflecting on that so um yeah Jen did you want to get us started with one no, I did not prepare, so I need to think about it for a second if you want to go first. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I I had got I got some great career advice from my dad. Um 
and it was uh it was about just kind of like like always 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 focus on the things that you find enjoyment from like in, within your role within your job like what are the things that like you always enjoy doing um day in and day out like maybe it's tied to that kind of like energy question too like what gives you energy and um as much as you can just focus on that um because that will always be uh, more rewarding um, to uh, to experience that kind of live as opposed to like like chasing after money and like waiting for a paycheck and like or like waiting for any sort of like external validation or like praise or anything like that and um, and it's one that I feel like we all generally know but um, it just came up as like a a nice little reminder like like he just said it so off the cuff that I was like oh yeah wait that is like a simple reminder that um, that I appreciate. Um, so I think the advice there is just to really focus and like really focus and dedicate yourself to the things that you find enjoyment, um, especially within your career. So that's fine. I'm going to jump off of that because way back when my dad actually shared something very similarly. And Andy, you are not going to be held to any familial uh, advice, <laughs> but I, he was, he was particularly frustrated at his job and he was silent. And then he just said, don't work a job you don't love. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. it. And I remember thinking about that at pivotal points in my career when I was deciding if I wanted to stay or go. And I would think about that. So mm. Yeah. That made me think about what my dad said. Yeah. Thanks, dad. Dads are so smart. They're so so smart. Um, I think, well, all right. I guess I'll, I saw something on Twitter recently and it was somebody, they had like a whole thread of what um, advice they got from their parents on their relationship they'd been married for a really long time Mm. and I I thought the first thing on the list was really interesting not only for relationships but also for business Mm -hmm. which was give 100% expect 0% (laughs) and I think there are a lot of times where I want feedback on something immediately and I'm like I've worked on all this stuff and then I feel like I'm not getting, you know, enough when it comes to like, good job or like, yeah, yeah, like we, we love that. Like do more like something like this, or like, let's talk about the analytics on that project. It's kind of like, let's move on to the next thing. We're all busy. Um, And I think kind of looking at that and thinking about it of like, okay, I did my best and I should feel good enough about my Mm -hmm. best that I Mm -hmm. shouldn't always have to kind of like expect um, somebody to kind of give me that like pat on the back or, um, you know, feedback every time. And I think obviously you want people to treat you right and make sure that you're like moving up and um, valued for your work. But I think thinking about that on like a much more like micro, like this doesn't need to happen with every project and I should feel good about like self-validation. Right. Right. Yeah. Self-validation is so huge Mm -hmm. Mm because no one else is going to do it for you. (laughs) All right. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. This was 
Very exciting to hear more about. And we got to see two fucking Stanley Cup rings. I know. Feeling I know. That was pretty amazing. honored. Mm-hmm. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me. This was fun. All right. Well, Joyce and I will be right back. Welcome back to the podcast. We just wrapped up with Andy, who mm-hmm. um, is a VP of digital marketing. I feel like there was more to it, yeah. like a royal title. Yeah. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> but yeah, VP of the of digital. Of digital. And mm-hmm. got into it at the Pittsburgh Penguins as the new media coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that was super fascinating. And I, the background, too, is I mentioned it at one point. My cousin does something similar to what Andy mm-hmm. does. So I had some background onto it. But there's something just really appealing of working on a team within a team sport. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was that was really interesting to me. Um, I would love I would have loved to kind of like dig in with better questions there because like I I like don't know what it's like at all, and it sounds so exciting. Like I'm I'm not a big sports fan, but I love sports. Like mm-hmm. I, I I love playing it, and I love like the I love athletes. Um, and so like I was just curious about what it would be like to be working with a sports team, not as an athlete, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it sounds really cool. It sounds like there's a lot of like, uh, a, the, the sense of community, especially, um, around just kind of like championing the team and making the team successful. Um, so I don't know. I thought that, that, that area sounded very exciting to me. Yeah. It, it puts a layer into these conversations that we're having, which is, so what do you do and in which yeah and in which category because yeah. you know you cuz you you think about some of these jobs but for politicians or corporate or startup and it changes yeah. probably pretty significantly between all of them oh yeah and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I thought it was really interesting that Andy you know at the end of like her education she actually did go into targeted, you know, um, education about sports. Mm-hmm. So there was this direct line to what she ended up doing, but not necessarily in the social media side or the digital side. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was really interesting too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that was actually one thing that I was – I forgot to ask, but I was curious if like she still feels like she leverages what she studied in like poli sci to what she does day to day, you know, because, um, like, like, uh, like there's definitely a segue of like, you know, being a, a sports fan and then being able to work for a sports team. Um, but, but kind of like what you were saying about the experience of what you do also highly depends on the context in which you're doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like marketing, like I'm more familiar with marketing at the companies that we worked at, right? Yeah. But like marketing with like a sports team is like I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but that's so cool. Yeah, I 
Oh my gosh, I literally had a thought and now it's gone. I never do that. Uh, uh, well, I have talk a about some. Okay, great. Okay, and then it'll yeah. come back to me. Okay, and yeah, I'll just yeah, start yeah. screaming. Okay. Sure, sure. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was going to ask you is this something that you would want to do? It sounds fun. Which part? And all of it. Uh, I the excitement, the team mm-hmm. aspect, the analytics. I mm-hmm. loved how Andy put it, the a perfect balance between left brain, right brain. And there's yeah. creation. But I just – I don't feel like I'm cool enough to be what? a social media girly. Oh, my gosh. I could totally see you being a social media girly. Have like it's so my TikToks? They are uh, just- yeah, girl. And they get There's- reach. No, Well, like only the ones the where – The carousel. <laughs> well, no, that's – there's – okay. Fanfic social media is a totally different ballgame because – I because even with our podcast, I can't figure out what the niche is. Yeah. But with fanfic podcasts, with Jermaine podcast or, or um, not podcast, uh, with Jermaine like the fandom. Yeah. You just you just hit those hashtags and the reach is there. like I don't even have to think. There's no so, but with our podcast, I don't know what the that math is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I just remembered what my thought was going to okay. be, so I'm just going to add it in really quick. I would love to see a study that shows us what people studied in college and then yes. five years later, what do they end up doing or like whatever the time range is. I'd yeah. be curious to see if there's any uh, trends there. That's – yeah. I've always been super fascinated by like how many of our guests actually studied something completely different. And, and yet they, a lot of them will say yeah. like – it still feels like I'm le- I'm able to leverage that side of my brain or that experience that I've had. Yeah. Um, so that's – yeah, I, I plus one to that for sure. Um, but going back to you being a social yeah. media girly, I think it's so yeah. spot on because – because okay, so like hear me out. You are very creative and mm. um, your delight around analytics and metrics is so real like marketing to me that it's yeah. like – Ooh, yeah, that combo is like perfect. Like, I, I just think I think you would have such a great knack for it, and hyper organized project management skills, like, like to the max. And so all of that just like segues really nicely into like this being um, a, a nice kind of combination of all those skills. But well, but, thanks for hyping me up. But well, I true. well, I think entering into new media. Uh, as a career, and this is just me. I'm probably wrong and probably not fair to say this, but that feels like something you do when you are new in your career. Like this feels like the plot of that Anne Hathaway movie where Robert De Niro becomes her intern. Like if I were to go into (laughs) new media quartering, like to entry level – I would – or it would be like that 30 Rock clip of Steve Buscemi saying like, hello, fellow kids. <laughs> so like, you're, you're saying you're Robert De Niro in that situation? Yeah, I'm not Andy Hathaway. <laughs> I'm De Niro. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm Steve Buscemi saying, hey, fellow kids. Like I, I don't think I could <laughs> – no. Oh, 30 Rock. I know that scene very well. I totally Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> when he's very... holding the skateboard in his hoodie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, that would be me if I went into social media, like in an entry level social media role at the ripe age of 38. That's how I feel. I don't think that that's necessarily the truth, but it's how I feel. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that was amazing. What about you? Would you uh do it? I I like I think there's parts of it like that um that appeal to me but I don't think I'm that same balance of like the skills and interests that like I listed out for you like I don't think I'm quite as um social media y like like creative y I don't know like mm. maybe maybe I'm just kind of like um like I just see you doing what you're doing with the the fanfic and so I feel like that's like a direct translation into like being able to do that for a sports team or what have you, right? Yeah. Um, and like like you have always like I I love looking at like metrics and analytics too, but like I feel like you you go the next level. Um, and I think a lot of marketing, a lot of like well done marketing in my experience is like all about the metrics and being like super accurate and tight on that, or not like super, but like to a point where it's like well-defined and reliable. Right. And like, you're all about that, you know, like you will optimize for like making sure that that data is correct. Right. Um, and so I think, I think it's like, like, I think, um, the social media side of things is, I don't know, maybe it's the same thing that you're feeling with the, (laughs) the hello fellow kids kind of thing, but it's like, we're both the the Steve Buscemi's in this case, um, or the yeah. Robert De Niro's in this case, but um, but it, it, yeah, like social media, it, it just feels like uh, that's like I was asking Andy questions about this, but it, it feels like you have to go in pretty deep to to be able to like learn and um, pick up on any of sort of like the trends and like the skills and and the best practices, and like you're constantly having to do it, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of like, like I'm not active on a lot of social media because I sometimes find it exhausting, you know, like active meaning creating content. Right. Um, and so I think the, like, like I'm, I'm a fairly regular consumer, but in terms of like creating content, like, I, I think that that's like a, I think of it as like, almost like akin to performing Mm. you know it it seems like it would have to it would require a similar muscle of like creating content um performing um like uh and doing that on perform on this podcast oh goodness I know you always say that but like this is different this is like not not like every day like I don't know. Maybe like social media isn't quite like that, but it does give the it does give off the the appearance that like you know there's a ton of content getting created like every day. Um, like some of the, the some of the creators that I see on TikTok, I'm like, wow, they are prolific, you know. And like, and it seems so easy and natural for them to like, I don't know, talk about something while they're like driving in the car for like f- like a minute or something. Um, and I'm like, that's cool, but like, that's probably not where I'm at. Um, so yeah, I think but that's, that's influencer, you know. That's 
Mm-hmm. But isn't it the same? Like, isn't like no, like I, I think influ- like because I don't think someone from you know the penguins is going on with their face saying you know this is what is up. Oh, I see you what know? you're saying. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I that gives me anxiety to think about having to do content. I've tried it several times on my personal TikTok account. And the only stuff that you'll see with my face is usually just very weird and uh, not at all thought out. And when, and it made me watch other influencers and just seeing the editing and how practiced it is, not necessarily Mm -hmm. in a stiff way, but just it's, it's very architected, archetype. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, know, it, it's, yeah, it's crafted. You know, it's, it's crafted, not that yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. but it's crafted to seem like it just is like, wow, this is just something I thought of, and it's um, so I don't know. But yeah, I, you're I, right, you're right. Like I think, uh, like uh, you're right. I was like going a little bit more the influencer route, but um, but I think, but I uh-huh. I think one thing for like you seem to keep coming back to the team stuff. Yeah, and I I find that that might be an interesting. That rabbit hole for you as far as you know yeah maybe even something that you're currently doing but like maybe maybe a sports team needs that you know yeah well I I grew up playing sports and so I that's something that I loved about sports to being part of a sports team as like a as like a player and so mm-hmm. like the the ability to be a part of that um as not an athlete it sounds like really cool too, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think you should look into I think that there's definitely some opportunities that would coincide with things that you have already shown expertise in and, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know, maybe see if Andy, if they're hiring. I mean, that was, that was really, really cool to talk to her though. And I mean, especially since we consume so much social media just to kind of see it. I mean, that was something that really stuck with me when just joking around because I'm always taking, you know, pop shots at Musk. But the idea that Elon Musk and Zuckerberg wanting to have a fight and Uh. all these social media managers and digital people across the country are like, oh my God, you guys stop fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it, it really changed the perspective. I thought that was really interesting to to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I I don't even want to get into it. I'm just like, 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 really? Really? (laughs) I mean, what I will say is that the consensus is that Zuckerberg would ruin Elon Musk. Like, Zuckerberg has been – he, like, does Greco-Roman wrestling or something every morning for the past, like, 15 years. Like, he's – he like it's uh, not to bring up another 30 rock reference but it kind of reminds me of how alec baldwin's character in the show hires Hires a guy yeah to like jump out and attack him yeah exactly i it seems like that's what zuckerberg has been doing for the last 15 years so (laughs) the consensus is and uh you know and i'm assuming elon musk listens to this podcast so yeah exactly you both know, he but, and zuck this is but, like yeah. He, yeah zuck listens to this while he's uh doing his greco whatever Roman, yeah 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 and like fighting every morning elon musk uh listens to this when he's in 
like a cryogenic pod or something. I don't know. But I'm speaking to each of you guys individually on behalf of all social media members and digital people out there. Stop fucking around. <laughs> just, just stop it. Stop it, please. Anyhow, from one friend to from from one social media influencer to another, uh, no, we have like five people that listen to this. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, they may be one of them, or they may be yeah, two of them. They may be one of the five. No, yeah, I did. Exactly. I did finally get access to our analytics. Our analytics. So, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's more than five. It's but, more than five. Yeah. Yeah. Listen up, sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um all right well i'm, I'm feeling loosey-goosey so maybe we should wrap up yep 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 that was a great conversation yeah can't wait for the next one yeah until next time this has been so what do you do podcast i have been one of your hosts jen and i am your other host joyce and we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, guys. So two things after that recording. One, something that we were talking about with Andy got dropped off. We were discussing soft skills and hard skills, and we didn't get the hard skills. So after the recording, we got those from her. So those would be uh, Adobe Creative Suite CMS, which she says is a website, comfortability, experience with social listening tools, strong writing skills, and experience with data analysis. So we did want to make sure that we included those somehow in the episode. And two, um, we just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. This episode was actually our finale of season three. We have a lot of exciting things um, uh, cooking for our next season. So we'll take a little bit of a break, um, get all that good stuff uh, ready for y'all, and then we'll be back for season four. So hope to see you then. Thanks again for joining in and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.